This, 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 this is mythical. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, the podcast where two lifelong friends talk about life for a long time. I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. This week at the round table of dim lighting, we're talking about life post-vaccination. Hmm. We're talking about when I'm fully vaccinated, I'm gonna fill in that big old blank. And we're both half vaccinated as of this recording and soon to be fully vaxxed and so we're going to talk about the excitement and the anticipation and then the re-entry into more of normal life or just how we've anticipated that in our brains versus the reality of starting to carry that out and also talking about a phenomenon called um, re-entry anxiety uh-huh. And so, you're not talking about space travel. No, I'm talking about. Or sorting the mail. <laughs> no, not talking about that. But yeah, so I think, you know, there's, there's, there's kind of a dark side to getting on with our lives, uh, having been yeah. vaccinated. And of course, that's not to say, you know, we're recording this and then releasing it a few weeks later. So just in full disclosure, there's. We're always a little bit ahead of the game. There's, there's some things that, you know, we're not as current as possible and things change and update so quickly. I just wanna put that out there. Yeah, um, and you know what? Because we're talking about vaccines, um, there is a lot of vaccine hesitant, hesitancy mm-hmm. out there, right? So, um, you know me, I can't just, I can't just move along. <laughs> I can't just get my vaccine and not say anything about it. Um, so. Here's what I wanted to do before we get into the rest of the the episode. Yeah. I wanted to make my vaccine pitch. My pitch for why I think you should get the vaccine. I got it and I think that you should get it if you're not in a risk group and if you qualify. There's a lot of information floating around um, and and it it sways people. Most people, like me, you know, you just wanna make a decision and get on with your life and, you know, I don't go on Facebook. I don't do. I, I I find myself avoiding engaging in a lot of the information and the deep dives because it stresses me out, and I just want to get on with it and move past this. And that's not necessarily a healthy thing, but I know that there's a lot of people like me out there that are well. They haven't gotten vaccinated. And they don't know if they are, um, but just looking at the information and all the conflicting opinions is very intimidating, overwhelming, anxiety inducing, and you just wanna curl up in a ball and and avoid it. We live in a very interesting time where it is legitimately very difficult to move forward with decisions like this without at least some sort of hesitancy because of the way the information and misinformation spreads, right? And because there's so much attachment to what these decisions mean about who you are, who you're affiliated with, what what your core beliefs are. Everything has been politicized. It's very, yeah. it's loaded. 
this all these decisions there's and and perspectives are so loaded. Yeah. Well, here's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to put this in again. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. You already knew that. Um, I'm a guy who eats weird things on the internet and has a podcast with his best friend. Hi, Link. Hey. But I am a concerned citizen, and um, I've been thinking about this in a way that I I hope can cut through a lot of uh, a lot of the numbers and the the arguments and a lot of things that can get kind of confusing and misleading and just kind of talk to you as a friend. Now, first of all, if you think that the medical establishment is an extension of the deep state and the vaccine campaign is a scheme to inject microchips into people to control them, this pitch is not for you, okay? You can fast forward or you're probably not listening already. Uh, but if you are listening, I do have something for you at the end, so please stick around. Ooh. This is my pitch for those of you who are on the fence. You have reservations about the vaccine. You've heard about the side effects. What about those blood clots? Weren't these vaccines developed really quickly? How do you know uh, that they're safe long-term? And by the way, COVID isn't that dangerous. Why, why would I get a vaccine with unknown side effects when I'd probably be fine if I got COVID? If you thought anything like that, this is for you. Okay, so let's start with the, the ultimate purpose of the vaccine. The vaccine is not primarily about protecting you individually from the virus. Vaccines are our best available tool for eliminating disease across a population, in this case, all of humanity. That's, this is how we end a disease. So framing the decision around your own personal risk is kind of missing the point. This isn't about you as much as it's about us. It's not a me thing, it's a we thing. Um, now, speaking of the we thing, if we don't reach herd immunity, there's a real risk of COVID continuing to evolve and form variants and we're gonna be dealing with this for a very long time. The more people who get the vaccine, the more likely we beat it. And even if we don't reach herd immunity, which given the vaccine hesitancy and the limited rollout around the world, it, there's a very real possibility we will not reach herd immunity as we would like to, but even so, more vaccines mean less of a problem with COVID for everybody down the line. So it's not like a lost cause by any means. Now, you may have heard that the vaccines don't stop infection or transmission, but they only lessen the symptoms. And you might be asking, well, why do I have to wear a mask after I get vaccinated? Well, scientists are actually very hesitant to make claims until they have good data. It's kind of their thing. Uh, but they're getting a lot of data very quickly. And the latest data indicates that these new vaccines not only prevent severe COVID and hospitalization almost completely, but they also very likely prevent infection as well as transmission. Therefore, the hesitancy to move beyond masks and social distancing has been because we wanna make sure that that is the case, okay? That, that's a big part for that, a big part of that. But what about the risks? This seems to be the thing that most people talk about. What about the risks? Specifically, the thing that I hear a lot is, if the mortality rate of COVID is so low, is it worth taking the risk of getting the vaccine? Well, the mortality rate of COVID isn't that low. I mean, there are a lot of factors and data still coming in, but COVID is likely at least 10 times more deadly than the flu. But I'll give it to you, even if you get it, especially if you're not in a risk group, you very likely will not die from COVID. Now, for me, a healthy dude, not that young, 43, but I'm not in a risk group. I don't have risk factors, 
but it's the long-term complications from COVID that are the most concerning to me personally. Long-term symptoms affect people of all ages and have occurred in people with mild, moderate, and severe COVID-19. These can include lung damage, heart damage, lasting fatigue, joint pain, neurological disorders, loss of, loss of taste and smell, sleep disorders, and these are showing up in significant numbers. Okay, but okay, I, I get that, but what about the risks of the vaccines? Well, let's start with the blood clots from the J&J &J vaccine, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, because that's what, at least right now, as we're recording this, that's what everybody's talking about. Six people out of about seven million who were vaccinated developed blood clots. Uh, and as of today, as of recording this, one of those people have, ha, has died. That's horrible, that's upsetting. Um, but just to put that into perspective, it's about one in a million chance of getting a blood clot and a one in, a million, one in seven million chance of dying from a blood clot from the J&J &J vaccine. To put that into perspective, you're much more likely to die in a car accident on the way to get the vaccine than you are to get a blood clot from the vaccine, much less like much less die from the vaccine. But keep in mind, they still paused the J&J &J vaccine in many places because of this risk, because the scientists are actually very concerned with safety, so much so when there's this statistical blip on the radar, they stop to evaluate. They're not trying to take advantage of you. They're not trying to use you as guinea pigs. They're actually showing that safety is their number one priority. Okay, but that's J&J. &J. That's only like a small percentage of the vaccines. What about mRNA, the Moderna, which is what I got, and the Pfizer, which is what you got? Mm -hmm. This stuff's unproven, right? I mean, we are just a bunch of guinea pigs being experimented on. Well, we have a lot of good reasons to believe that mRNA vaccines are safe, likely safer than traditional vaccines for a number of reasons. So they underwent some of the most rigorous safety testing ever, fast, quick, yes, but rigorous nonetheless. Mm -hmm. But what about the long-term risks? Well, these vaccines are actually not that new. Trials were conducted for mRNA vaccines in 2009 for prostate cancer, 2013 for rabies, and uh, mRNA vaccines were already in clinical trials for HIV, cancer, and Zika patients before the development of the COVID vaccines. And nothing found in those trials led to hesitancy to move forward with COVID-19 vaccines. This isn't something that was just pulled out of the back pocket of scientists and doctors in response to this uh, 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 pandemic. It was something they had been working on for quite some time. And the mechanism of mRNA vaccines is a new approach to vaccines, but it's actually really straightforward and there are lots of advantages including safety. Now, there's a lot of misinformation about this, but messenger RNA doesn't get anywhere near the nucleus of the cell that contains human DNA, and it disintegrates quickly after the message that it is uh, communicating is read. It does not alter your DNA because it cannot alter your DNA. Uh, now, you may have read on the internet about scary things like antibody-dependent enhancement, the idea that getting these vaccines is gonna cause you to actually have a higher chance of dying uh, down the line from getting COVID-19, especially a variant, or that there are ingredients in the vaccine that might cause cancer. All of this was taken into account when developing the vaccine, and there is no reason to believe that these are risks from the vaccines. Just plain and simple, there's a lot of good literature on all of this and how these things were studied in depth throughout the development, including the antibody-dependent enhancement, which is something I see a lot of people talk about. 
Now, does that mean that nobody will have adverse short-term or long-term complications from the vaccine? Of course not. People are going to have adverse reactions to this vaccine. And with so many people being vaccinated, we're going to see significant, you know, statistically small, but significant because anything that happens to a person is significant and worrying in some people, right? Uh, the most common adverse reaction is gonna be an allergic reaction. That's, that's kind of what we've seen so far. But we have every reason to believe that the long-term complications from COVID itself pose a much higher risk. So here's the bottom line. The only way to justify vaccine hesitancy as it relates to vaccine risk compared to the risk of COVID itself is to drastically overestimate the risk of the vaccines while drastically underestimating the risk of COVID itself. Do you see what I'm saying there? People who have hesitancy about the vaccine tend to also diminish what the real risks of COVID are. It's kind of like saying, I'm not gonna go on that flight to California to free solo climb the face of El Capitan because flying is dangerous. Or maybe a better example, lots of people who are scared of flying have absolutely no problem driving to the airport, even though they're way more likely to die in the car on the way to the airport than in the plane on the way to their destination. This is an irrational fear based on risk perception, not actual risk. And the same thing is happening with a lot of people who are getting the vaccine, who are not getting the vaccine. Same thing is happening with a lot of people who are not getting the vaccine. So in summary, step one, properly framing the issue is key. Assessing whether or not you should get the vaccine should be framed first as a community issue, not as a personal one. The collective risk to everyone is much higher when you don't get the vaccine. And step two, you gotta properly frame the risk. We have good reason to believe that your personal risk from getting the vaccine is significantly less than your risk from acquiring COVID and experiencing adverse effects. Now this is still taking into account the fact that you voluntarily get the vaccine, but you won't necessarily get COVID. You see what I'm saying? People are like, well, I don't choose to get COVID, but I'm choosing to get the vaccine. Doesn't that inherently increase the risk of the vaccine? No, the COVID risk is still greater, just being a person who lives in the world. So even if you're thinking about this as an individual, it still makes sense for you and your personal safety to get the vaccine. So please, for all of us, get the vaccine. Now, if you're a conspiracy theorist, thank you for sticking around. That's why I've just been hanging out here. Um, you may be wondering why I took this time in our com some co sometimes comedy podcast, <laughs> usually comedy podcast, uh, to put together this message. Well, I'm gonna come clean. I'm a part of the deep state. I'm being personally paid by Dr. Fauci, who is a friend of mine who has my Venmo account to communicate this message on behalf of the deep state. Uh, to the end of being able to control as many people as we possibly can in the long-term future. Dr. Fauci and I regularly attend, sorry Link, I'm letting you know this for the first time as well. Um, yeah. I'm regularly attend kind of floored. Hollywood parties together, at least we did before the, before COVID. We, we look forward to uh, going back to those parties where mainly the thing that we do, I mean there's cocktails, and there's mingling, but we kind of do that for like 90 minutes and then we all go to the basement and that's when we do the real good stuff, which is drink the blood of children. Now you may be wondering, how do I have such good skin at the age of 43? It's not 
some sort of like face washing and you know uh, exfoliation routine. It's regularly drinking the blood of children. How is that? It's it's got a metallic taste. Okay, but we put it through a Brita. Oh, and you still get the stuff that you need—the uh, uh, adrenochrome. Gotcha. If you want to stay young, if you want to be in control, if you want to be on the side of the people who are going to win in the future, join me and Dr. Fauci. Drink the blood of children. You heard it here. And yet, I haven't been invited. Okay, cool. Oh, I didn't think you were ready yet. Okay, there it is, the laptop's going away. Uh, you know, I appreciate you organizing those thoughts and putting that out into the world uh, be- because it's it's easy to be overwhelmed by information. I think a lot of it has to do with people are making decisions based on who did, who do they trust and why and what are what do you really want personally? Like what are your what are your motives and your values and how do those things all add up? You know, so there's a lot of people who are just it's it's just it really comes down for a lot of people and I think this is my experience a lot of times is just who are you following? Who are you trusting? Yeah. And why? Re- really why? Well, we we could do uh, <laughs> uh we could do a, not just a podcast but a whole show on how you choose uh, where you get your information from and what the point of that is and how, how if you can trust medical. I mean, first of all, some of the numbers that I threw out and the statistics and the data, I know there's a lot of people who are just like, well, you just believe all the propaganda data. You don't believe the real data, which I can find on the internet. Again, there's not, that's such a pervasive problem in our society right now. There's nothing I'm gonna be able to say uh, that's gonna sway you on that. The only thing I can ask uh, is just continue to be open-minded and you know, self-critical. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not going to try to change your mind on that. I'm just going to joke about Dr. Fauci. I'm not joking though. It's true. I drink the blood of children. I want to make that clear. Ear biscuits is supported by Superfeet. Did you know that more than 75 percent of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10 percent will seek out a solution for that pain? Well, guess what? Your feet don't have to hurt. When you add the signature orthotic shape of Superfeet insoles to your shoes, you give your feet comfort and support where they need it most, helping redistribute forces to reduce stress and strain on your entire body, not just your feet. Superfeet insoles are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. Since 1977, Superfeet has helped millions of people worldwide experience the life-changing magic of comfy, pain-free feet. Superfeet insoles upgrade the fit, feel, and function of your footwear to help you feel your best. The signature orthotic shape of Superfeet gives your feet the right type of support where you need it most. Physicians not only recommend Superfeet to their patients, they wear Superfeet insoles in their own shoes. Superfeet is the number one doctor worn and recommended insole. Superfeet has thousands of five-star reviews and is the insole of choice for top athletes on the field, on the ice, and on the slopes and everywhere in between. Superfeet has a wide range of insoles for every activity, every shoe, and every foot. From cushioned and flexible to firm and supportive, you can dial in your fit by taking their quick online quiz. We took the quiz, we've got our, mm-hmm. our insoles coming, they're on their way. You just answer a few short questions and Superfeet will recommend the best insole choice for you. Visit superfeet.com and enter the promo code EAR at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. All right, so let's shift gears a little bit into 
what now? We, we've made our decisions. We're about to, you know, in a couple of days, I'm gonna get that second dose in my arm and then I got two weeks later and then I'm totally free. And this is what I've been looking forward to since the very beginning of lockdown. And then you, you know, so I think there is an evolving set of guidelines associated with what you can and can't and should and shouldn't do once you're fully vaccinated. So disclaimer at this point, again, uh, this is three weeks old, even the moment it comes out because of when we're having to record this conversation. So we de defer and direct you to the latest and greatest guidelines um, that we are not giving here in what to do and not do when you are fully vaccinated, okay? Having said so, that, I think we can safely assume uh, or for the purposes of this conversation, so we don't have to keep coming back to that point, I think that the way that I'm thinking about this question is, uh, I'm just kind of saying, if things were to suddenly get back to normal and I was able to do all the things that I did before, how do I perceive those things and, and what am I thinking about those things, whether that be going to a movie or a concert or whatever, I don't know exactly when those things are gonna happen, but I'm just saying for the purposes of this conversation, I'm thinking about like the next year and the freedoms that might come back. Yeah, and so let's start in that positive aspirational place, and then you know I, I'm sure we'll talk about the the anxiety flip side of that and kind of dealing with that, and even some some of that I've personally had a taste of already, and it surprised me. But let's let's just start at the. I mean, what are the first things? Just like throw out words. Restaurants. Re okay, uh, for me. That's a big one for me. Movies, I haven't been to a movie. Movies, uh, I'm, I'm on board with movies. Well, let's, we'll come back to all these. Concerts. Uh, yeah, in a, in a way that I've never felt about concerts before, I'm like, now's the time. I'm actually, I'm gonna be that concert guy. Yeah. Extended family visits. Going back home to North Carolina. Parties. Parties, okay, now you're really getting into it. Parties with people that you know and parties with people that you don't know. Wow. There's two kinds of parties. Okay. So I'm, I'm talking get togethers and then I'm talking like parties. I'm talking about the me and Fauci in the basement with <laughs> drinking the blood of children with a stranger mm -hmm. and not worried about anything, especially the children. I don't know how many times I'm gonna keep coming back to that because I know it's offensive to people, but I, I just don't. can't help it. I'm really tempted to go, just keep going, going it. harder in it, but I don't. I, I'm, I don't want to do it. People are just gonna. I mean, hmm. um. But by the way, totally unrelated. We've We're got our friendship same, rings on today. Same, same ring. Yeah. Look at that, right? Hold up, hold up your hand there. Look at that. Friendship ring day. This is a previous sponsor. We haven't. We have not discussed this. So as a, as a total aside, mm -hmm. I feel like we need to get this out of the way, okay? We are wearing the exact same ring. It was a sponsor, Manly Bands, we might as well say it again. Right. And one of the, the stipulate not stipulations, but well, one you, of the opportunities wanna, was you get to get a ring well, from. I'm not gonna promote something unless yeah. I can experience it and know that I wanna promote it. But you, so yeah. you requested well, just the silicone uh, ring, because they have like the, like basically like a rubber ring 
that you can wear when you're doing like activities and stuff. A lot of people wear them full time, so you don't have to worry about like your. We've got we know some people who've got their fingers taken off because of wedding rings because the ring got hung on something. Uh, but you're like I wear. There's a lot of sentimental value with the ring that you have because it was your grandfather's ring. So you're not going to take that off. No, I'm not going to so replace you, my so, wedding. Band. So you asked for the silicone ring, and I was like, well, I just bought my wedding ring for like 200 bucks before we got married. Uh, I'll keep it around. But I would, I've always wanted to have a wooden ring because you know me and wood. That's not how I remember it at all, right? <laughs> you have a tendency to, you have a revisionist brain. You have a super revisionist brain. Just because we disagree about something doesn't mean that you're the one that's right. So <laughs> well, let's be this, clear on that. And we do have case, a witness. Are you gonna tell me, are you, I'm gonna are tell you about you, to tell me that you chose that ring? I'm a, no, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna say, okay, we were given, they, these, are, these are pricey rings. They're gonna send one, as a sample, but they're not gonna send two. That's what we were told. True that. So then it was like, oh, well who gets the ring? But that was and when then, you said you didn't want to change your wedding ring because it has sentimental value. That didn't mean I didn't want a ring. Oh, I didn't know that. Exactly, because then you just said what ring you wanted. But I was like, I'm happy and then I'm to like, change you know my what? ring. I'm, and then I'm like, you know what? If I really wanted a ring, this would be the point where I would say, I, I, I'd like to try out a nice ring, but I elected not to. And then you were like, oh, they have wood rings? So then you you chose this ring that we both are wearing. <laughs> okay, that's, that's the part I thought and you I were was taking like, issue I was like, with. you know what, I'm interested. I was like, do they have one of those rings that won't rip your finger off, a rubber ring? I'll take one of those, because they're, they're cheap. And it, it will try it. Now, by the way, at this point, having gotten a sample that we did not pay for, I would gladly pay for another one, but I did not pay for this one to match you. What happened was the ring that you ordered came and it was too small. I don't know, you screwed up the sizing. Yeah, I did. Your fault, not the sponsors. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah I, because instead of sizing, we told them what we thought my size was. And then I'm like, I bet it would fit my finger. So the ring that was too small for you fit perfectly on my finger and then I on had your it right hand. and you didn't have one. Right. But then you ordered another one because you really wanted it. Even though, now we got, I, I, did, I was like, I got him. I know he's not gonna love this. We have friendship rings now. Uh, so you're gonna keep wearing that? Yeah, and I'm gonna call it our friendship ring. And while we're talking about because rings. Because I know you, <laughs> I know that makes you while we're talking about a little rings, uncomfortable. I've been wearing the, the Aura ring you know, this is basically you know a fitness ring, bi biometric. It measures biometrics. That's it's not. It is a fashion statement, but that wasn't my primary reason for wearing it. Oh, I ordered one of those too. Well, so we'll have yeah, double we, friendship we, rings. We both have new aura rings coming, and so the question is. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have two rings that are the same. I, that's we should have gotten. I think that's kind of cool. We should have gotten different because there's multiple options for aura rings. We should have gotten. Maybe they'll send us two different kinds. And we can look into that. Okay, sorry for the aside, but yeah, I I enjoy having a friendship ring with you. Don't I'm you? I'm sorry that I don't accused you? you of. You do have a revisionist. You have a revisionist mind, but I thought that you what you were saying was you were going to say is that you chose this ring, and I was like, hold on a second. No, you didn't. You knew I wasn't going to replace my wedding ring, so you assumed I didn't want a ring and. I have nine other fingers, that's all I'm saying. But I didn't know you were gonna start doing the multiple rings on hands thing because I kinda just started doing that. Oh, see that's your, <laughs> see that can't, but, and I'm, I'm stating, and I'm saying, you know what? Multiple rings can't be your thing. Okay, and I agree with that, just like glasses can't be your thing. And beards can't be yours. <laughs> 
we are gonna morph into one yeah, person. I mean, I, I don't, I listen, I don't have an appointment yet, but I just wanna go ahead and give you a fair warning that glasses, the last time I went to the eye doctor, over two years ago, I was told that I needed glasses. But and you then, haven't gotten them because I'm the guy with glasses, but it's starting, I'm, you're starting to, Send me over the precipice because I've noticed that how big you want things that we need to read blown up, and I'm like, hmm, right, that's get that's kind of getting to be too much. Yeah, I mean, if you the dude really can't see if they're I'm having I mean, trouble. I'm having trouble seeing. Uh, uh, okay, so back to post pandemic. Let let's go back through these things. The first thing that came to my mind was movies, and then right when I'm on the precipice of like scheduling, and I'm telling the kids, I'm like. I don't even care what movie it is. Right. Like I'll see that King Kong versus Godzilla if I have to. Right. Even uh -huh. though I have no interest whatsoever in seeing it, I just want to be in a movie theater. And you know, someone told me when I when I got to this point in the conversation with them, they said, "You know, you can rent out a whole theater now because uh it, I mean, you got to pick a a slower time and just have all your friends show up." I'm like, "No, no, no. I want to be with there with strangers. I want to do the old thing. I don't want to do this rent out the theater thing, and I don't care what movie it is, and I know exactly where I'm gonna go. My favorite theater, mm -hmm. Arclight Cinemas, the only theater at the highest standard where they charge the same amount, no matter if you're a kid or whatever, so it, it deters, there's so many reasons besides just like not incentivizing bringing more kids in a disproportionate amount. And for those of you who are not from Los Angeles and haven't been to Los Angeles, haven't been to the, an Arclight Cinema, just just a quick little summary of why they're the best, okay? It's more, ex it's, it is more expensive, the, they, but they control every aspect well, of the environment. I, are you gonna control the conversation? <laughs> well, it's kind of my thing, you know, the, oh. it's my favorite theater. Well, it's also my favorite theater. Can I have a favorite no. theater too? <laughs> no, you can't have the same favorite theater. It's everyone's favorite theater Go in ahead. Los Angeles. They bring someone out before the show. You know how sometimes like you're at a movie theater and and like it's not loud enough or it's too loud or it's not in focus and then you're like, am I gonna have to be the person to get up and miss part of this movie and go tell the guy who's serving popcorn that they need to tell the guy who's running the thing in the thing that this is not working? No. That doesn't happen at Arclight. They bring a person out who greets you, everyone, and says, Hey, my name's Daryl. Welcome to this showing of King Kong versus Godzilla. It's a great film. It I enjoyed it. This is how long it lasts. This is how long the previews are going to be. And I'm going to be standing over here to the side to make sure that the picture and the sound quality are perfect before we move on. Yes. They do it. So you don't have to talk to the doofus who's serving popcorn. Not everybody who serves popcorn is a doofus. It's just, in my experience, I've had to go talk to a doofus before about this, and that's why I'm frustrated. And you know that what? That doesn't happen at the Arclight. And it literally is the first thing I've been looking forward to doing. And if you take your phone out and text at the Arclight, you will be. There's a laser that comes from behind the screen and will it'll yeah. obliterate you. Yes, you will be murdered. You're just, yeah, you're, you're, you're taken out. Right. Because that, that inhibits everyone else's experience, okay? If you care about film, or should I say cinema, but they bring, in a, about they bring in a clone of the person. So if no like, one ever if knows. You, if you're there with loved ones yeah. and you're really enthralled in the movie and um, you know somebody pulls out the phone, yes, they're obliterated, yeah. but they're immediately replaced with a clone. And their phone is gone though. That's All of these reasons make it the number one thing I've been looking forward to. 
and they just went under. <laughs> yeah, all the, they, all, yeah, all this conversation they waited, about them. They waited until the, the end. end of the pandemic, like literally right now to announce, oh, you know what? Can't do it anymore, guys. Can't hang on any longer. We're gone. Like weeks before, everyone can start, fl- I don't understand the timing. And, I'm so frustrated. And not just Arclight. Now I gotta find another theater that I'm willing to watch movies in. Not just Arclight, but because Pacific Theaters bought Arclight, Pacific Theaters, which is, I think is the theater that's at uh, the uh, Americana. That's not opening either. Crap. Oh, well, I think in other companies will have to come in and, and still make because a movie Because they're still theaters. gonna, what are they gonna turn it into like, but, a, like a jump gym, like one of those trampoline places? No, so, they gotta still make movies there. I literally don't, I now I have to find a new movie experience because I, I was exclusive still, I've to heard it. there's still reason for hope. That there might be, yeah. like Jesse said, it had something to do with like, this is like a thing that happens. I think that there are also a lot of people in Los Angeles who are making a huge stink of this already because maybe this, maybe this is a film town. We all stay through the credits at the end of the movie. It's, it, I mean, it's a super film snob town because this is where so many movies are made. Okay, maybe there's And maybe so I think then. that we may come together as a community and say we don't just wanna watch movies at our houses. We don't wanna just watch movies um, at theaters where they don't have it in focus, or it's not loud enough. Yeah, we want to watch movies at the ArcLight. Okay, I'll hold out a little hope. It's kind of like that thing where a company goes bankrupt and then, like a few months later, they're still around. Right. It's like what? What? So yeah. some sort of like tax, like Trump ploy. Yeah. Yeah. What happened? Ear Biscuits is supported by Live Nation. Live Nation presents Concert Week from now through May fourteenth. Get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, yeah. Alanis Morissette, okay. Cage the Elephant. Why not? Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. So that that was literally my number one. If you were to put your number one, is it it's not restaurants? Num- no, it's not number one. Uh, it's not number one because I really like my new television. You know, I finally did the, the, yeah. the I finally did the 4K OLED yeah. television. So what is your number one? Um, eating, I mean, I, I, restaurants. I, restaurants. And there's just something about eating at a restaurant versus getting takeout from a restaurant. I've re- oh yeah, I mean, I've really forgotten. I think I'm gonna go to a restaurant and be like, oh, yeah, this should have been my number one. Like the food tastes so much better. Like we would, we, we supported our favorite restaurants locally and they'd send you their like signature dishes de- deconstructed yeah. so that everything doesn't over meld together. And- you, lose, you, you lose the presentation of the food. You lose, and many, to- many times you lose the freshness of the food because it's, it, it's coming to you in a bag. You also lose a big part of it for me is just the ambiance. I mean, I, I, for me, eating is about all the senses being stimulated. Right, and I, I I love eating at restaurants. I love the entire experience. And yes, I understand that there are restaurants that are open for outdoor dining, um, and that there's socially distanced dining. And then we what? haven't been doing that, right? Though. So because um, we've we've been following heightened protocols associated with production, so that our 
limited crew, yeah. we can all protect each other and continue, you know, making our shows. Our standards are higher than just the general California standards, which are already higher than the general sort of national standards. So we're admittedly behind, yeah. but it's like, but even in my own brain, I've locked off the restaurant zone because it hurt too much after a few months at the beginning of the pandemic to dwell on it. So now I'm finding it difficult to reopen those compartments. But I think when I go to a restaurant, the other part I miss is that um, yes, you still got the whole f- phone situation in your pocket, but the, but the, the how it sets the stage for connection. You stare across the table at somebody, um, me and Christy on a date. It's di- a date is much different <laughs> out than trying to recreate it in your own home. Matter of fact, we just got to a point where we thought we were going to do the date thing, and then it just didn't happen. Yeah, we did it. We held on for a little bit. It just didn't happen. We, we, we did a thing for a while where we would. Um, just like I would turn the lights down, put on some music, uh, and we would eat at our little sort of breakfast nook, and then we would make the kids eat in a different room or like eat in the dining room. And right. I don't know, it worked for a while, but it's just so hard to maintain the separation and the discipline. Yeah, and then you're still doing the dishes and the preparation. Yeah, even right. Even if you order out. Yeah. You know, it's like just being, being waited on in a restaurant is so awesome. And yeah, I mean, the, the, know, I love the experience. And it's I, like, and I mean, I'm, I mean, it. I'm, I'm starting to get excited now because it's like, I mean, I think I'm gonna be at a restaurant and I'm gonna be like, wow, I feel like a king. Like there'll be just this renewed appreciation for the whole thing. Look, someone's coming up and just anything I want. Well, and that's I can just thing. tell this stranger and they'll go away and they'll come back with it. And that's. One, I mean, one of the many reasons that the cost of living in Los Angeles is so high, you know, compared to North Carolina, for instance, um, is the event, like we're so close to so many things, including so many great places to eat. Like there's just so many, you can never eat at the same place twice and keep having these completely so, dynamic, excellent dining experiences. I, now I'm so not it may be one of your, your favorite things in LA yeah, as well. It's, I mean, it's one of the things I'm like, when I think about how much money I pay to live here, I'm like, you you, can, you, you kinda have to start reminding yourself of, the, of the, the advantages because especially one of the reasons there's been this mass exodus of people from, from Los Angeles during the pandemic is because they're like, if all I'm doing is hanging out at home, why am I gonna be in this tiny, little expensive place when I can go to a less expensive, larger place and have the same experience and have the same experience, right? I totally get it. I under- we're not moving because we have a we've built our lives here and we built our business here. But it's well, like I'm ready to experience the city that I'm paying so much for. Well, <laughs> I mean, I came so close to buying a van that you know I, I wouldn't live out of it, but I would travel and semi live out of it on little trips, you know. And I, <laughs> that's taking a back burner now. It's like I can rent somebody else's van whenever I want to do that. Yeah. But I'm, yeah. So that's the update on that aspiration. It was I had the tunnel vision of the pandemic goggles. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna rent a van again. I'm gonna trust me. I'm gonna do it. But um, I'm not. I don't. I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna buy one. This the other aspect of this is parties now. Well, again, before we get apart, let's let's go with the friends because I think that's 
Well, that's what, I'm saying. Thing. that's what I'm saying. There's two aspects of this. And so I'm saying that the first part, which I've experienced a little bit of, is getting together at people's homes, right? So we, so, uh, we got together with another, well, okay. So there's a couple that was fully vaccinated. Jesse and I uh, are, you know, Jesse's fully vaccinated now. I'm half vaccinated, and it, you know, once you're a few weeks out from the initial dose of these Moderna or Pfizer, you're you're very well protected, especially if you're around other people who are vaccinated, right? And so we made so there's there's we see each other and we see this one other family, but there was a friend who we hadn't seen in over a year who was at this family's house and texted us and said, hey, I'm over here, I'm fully, I'm fully vaccinated. vaccinated, they're totally cool if you guys come over, and it was a Friday night, and uh, it he, was probably, it was like it was like 7.30 or 8 p.m. It was like eight, I, I already, here's the thing, I already, in, I had my plan, and my plan was we were gonna uh, watch a movie, and I don't even remember what it was, but I had it picked out, and then we got the text, and I was like, I kinda had this plan, but I haven't seen this person in a year. Yes, let's go. And we go over there, and I mean, again, there's like hugs. First thing was we're hugging. This is un this is a little bit unusual, right? Just I haven't hugged a lot of people yeah. in, in, in a long time. Now, you're not a hugger, so when that happened, um, what was your experience? Because there are people who are huggers and they're like, that might be the top of their list to have like physical connection with I'm not a, uh, friends. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a hug instigator, but I'm not an anti, I'm not, no, anti, you're not. I'm not anti-hug. Yeah, but you're not. I'm yeah. a hug, I'm a good hug receiver. Right. And uh, like I'm a good hug reciprocator. You're kind of neutral. You, I think you could take it or leave it. I think I could too. No, uh, ju no judgment here. How, how was it? So, given that you could take or leave a hug in normal life, uh, what was it therapeutic? Was there a release? I don't. I don't or want, was it the same? I'm not. I don't want to be dramatic. So don't be dramatic. I'm just saying. Be that, honest. I, I, yeah, I'm saying that I'm going to be honest and say that it was really good, but it wasn't like, man, that feels good. That feels different. That's that's like a giant step forward. It didn't. It did not feel that way for me. It just felt, in fact, as we then sat down and began to have a conversation around the kitchen table, it began very quickly to feel like old times again. And I actually consciously sort of stepped out of the conversation and went into my own head and thought to myself like, this is interesting because I feel like I'm, totally here again. Like I feel like the past year is just a memory. Now I know, again, it's gonna be a slow process of getting back to normal. And I know this is not, I say this, you know, being sensitive to the fact that this is not the case for a lot of people, but it just kinda hit me, I was like, hmm. I'm immediately back in the same mind space and social space and social experience that I was before all this happened, like having this conversation. But I could tell that not everyone at that table felt the same way. And you should also say, 
who from my family was or wasn't at that table. So we began to talk about you because you and Christy had also received the text from this person to come over. Yep. And um, there was a conversation and the conversation was, they were like, are you thinking Lincoln and Christy are coming? I was like, well. This is between you and Jesse or are you already at the Already at the, ta- at the table. I was like, well, you know, Lincoln Christie, they the Neil plan may already be in effect and this may be difficult for them to dislodge from this. And then we had a conversation. And you pretty much knew what that plan was. Well, and I'll just say, it's funny because, uh, okay, so it was it was the McCarg's house. Uh, and because Mike said, well, here's the spectrum. On this end of the spectrum, in terms of, I can't remember the term that he used, but it was basically like, social flexibility or something like that. He was like, you have the Neils and the McCarks. Yep, um, together and, on one end. And at the opposite end Very of the spectrum. Very socially inflexible. You have the McLaughlins. And I was like, well, let me butt in and say, that is true, the McLaughlins and the person who was the, the guest there. I was like, that's true of my wife, but I'm kind of in the middle. I, I, I kind of straddled the fence on this one because I will admit that it was not easy for me to just drop what I wanted to do and watch a movie and come over. It, like I can't, I tend to kind of get into a plan. And as soon as we finished that conversation, knock, 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 your wife and daughter show up. But noticeably, you're not there. Yeah. Ear Biscuits is supported by the farmer's dog. Dogs will eat basically anything you put in front of them. And if you're Barbara, you will like, <laughs> seek it out off of tables, counters, that that woman is crazy. <laughs> uh, that woman being my dog. Uh, so it's important to be putting the right kind of food in their bowls. Right, and when you care about your dogs as much as we care about ours, you know, a thoughtful approach to what goes in those bowls makes sense. Yes, the farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. Just tell them about your dog and they'll deliver personalized vet developed recipes for as little as $2 a day. The meals arrive pre-portioned and in ready to serve packs delivered on your schedule. Millions of meals have been ordered across the country. We've been partnering with the Farmer's Dog for a few years now and they really are as good as they say. It really has never been easier to invest in your dog's health with fresh food. Get 50% off your first box of fresh healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash ear. <laughs> so just to rewind a little bit, yeah, we're we're sitting down like we it's it's eight o'clock ish. So all the Neils, without prompting, now we all gather on the, in the TV room on the couch and we put on Survivor every every single night. Ooh, well, on Friday night, you every, even Friday night, like wow. we, I I gave up a long time ago on trying to like say. Yeah, but on the weekends, we're not doing Survivor. That's a weeknight thing. On the weekends, we're gonna like do our own things or we're gonna watch movies or it's gonna it's gonna feel like a normal weekend, not just like another night, like every single night we watch Survivor. Friday night I mean, even, with your kids? Even me, I was like, this is too much, guys. And I lost, I lost the argument and then I was okay with that. Okay. And then months later, I'm really okay with it. And then this this one night, it's like any other night for the past year, we're, we look forward to this. We relish in it. If you know, if anything breaks that up, just within the home, somebody gets mad. You know, it's like if somebody's not as into Wandavision as the rest of the family, 
introducing, like putting WandaVision above Survivor or has been a problem. Yeah, like how do you watch other things or how do you watch movies? We double up, we don't watch movies. We watch what? <laughs> We, we don't watch, watch movies. We watch. I'll just be honest. If with it's you. if it's whatever is on Disney Plus that we're all the new series that we're all going to watch, we watch that on Friday, and then we watch Survivor afterward. <laughs> it's 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 the ridiculous. I know it is. We're so extreme in this. What are you going to do? Like at this pace, you're definitely going to run out. We are halfway through the season thirty nine finale. How many seasons are there? Forty. So you're getting close to running out. And last night we we paused it at a strategic halfway point of the finale because it was getting to be, it's a school night, it's getting to be bedtime. And I'm like, guys, I don't think we should go, like tomorrow night we're gonna watch the rest of the finale and then the next night, I know you're gonna wanna just start with season 40, that's the last one and I, we've heard that it's like the best season. I I don't wanna go to it, I want I wanna wait. Ah, uh, the complaining starts. I'm like, no, Dad, you're being crazy. It's like there are some episodes, seasons that we skipped. I think we should delay the gratification of season forty. Go back and watch some of the. We're so into it now. Let's watch some of the seasons that people said sucked. Yeah, you that be, you become dependent. We are dependent on Survivor every single night to survive. So I'm like, listen, we're going to blow through season forty in two weeks. That's that's the pace we've been on. Yeah, we kept increasing. I mean, it is this like dependent compulsion leading to addiction kind of uh, uh, trajectory. You're gonna have to figure out some sort of. And I'm trying to point that out to him last night. I'm like, listen guys, we need to delay season 40 so that we can build it up more and look forward to it. Even if we skip three nights, Hmm. I wanna keep that season 40 dangling out there until it's closer to season 41 coming out. And then I'm also talking about when Lily goes off to college, I'm like, you know, what are we gonna do with Survivor? She's like, we'll just we'll just watch it and talk about it. I was like, no, 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 we wanna save Survivor for holidays when we're all back together <laughs> and then we're gonna watch those seasons. This is how small my world has become. Yeah. Two weeks ago, we talked about the wanting to look into communes. It was very tongue in cheek, but it was rooted in this feeling that I have of I really like the control and, this, and the perceived is different kind of safety that has nothing to do with COVID or pandemics of just smallness of this is this is my world now and this I know what to expect and it's it is it is fostering some things that aren't healthy and that are this is what I discovered and this was this is a moment it was a test we were sitting down and then Christy looks up and she's like oh we're invited over to the McCarg's to see so-and-so and he's over there now, he's fully vaccinated. And she locks eyes with me and I bet if you were to ask her what she saw in my eyes, I think it would be fear. <laughs> and it had nothing to do with the friend or how much I, I love and miss him. It was, and it wasn't just about a threat to the routine, but it was things are changing. Now we had already planned to get together, this was a Friday night, we had already planned to get together on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. In my house. And I was I was getting mentally prepared for that. Mm. And then this was dropped in my lap and I'm like, well, well, you know, it's, I was just, I was getting ready for Sunday and now this thing right now, right now? 
And um, there were some mitigating circumstances in our in our house. I had actually just gotten the vaccine the day before and uh, experienced a headache. And it, then I thought I, I felt totally good that day, the second day, which is the day in question. And I went for a bike ride. When I got back, the headache came back. I, I did too much too soon on day two. Shouldn't have done that. I actually didn't feel good. Um, and you know, there were other members of the family, you can figure it out by matter of elimination, that just, that were reticent for their own reasons. So that led to, I'm gonna stay at home with them and we can, we can blame it on the kids, but I have these things going inside of me and I don't know what's happening in my brain <laughs> and with my emotions, but I just, I don't, I'm not willing or ready to do this. I'm not, I'm not motivated enough to overcome these feelings tonight. I'm, 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 I'm working forward to being ready by Sunday. And then I, I ended up, we watched Survivor without Christy and Lily because oh, they, really? they gave us permission to and I felt dirty oh, and horrible goodness. and I said, it didn't feel right and I don't wanna ever do that again. And then I went to bed and my head was killing me. And I was, so I was glad I wasn't there. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been a positive contributor to that reunion, even though I hate that I didn't get to see our friend and I, you know, I don't want him to think that it had anything to do with him specifically, but it really brought to light things that I was just not aware of at that moment. And then, you know, so we're getting, we can get back to the positives, but we might as well go through this anxiety because that's what I, I never thought, I never had what I would call social anxiety. I don't think. It's so hard to remember. So you think that that's what it is for you? Well, like okay, maybe that's one way to describe it, but. What if you were invited to, like, let, 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 let's not just say it's a, it's a get together with people that you know and you've seen a bunch and then one additional person, but like an actual social thing, like a, like a party. Like I do, like even when we have like, when you do, you did your monthly game night and you had extent, uh, like more friends show up for that, including back, us. Back in the day, pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, there were, sometimes, I do notice that there's a little heightened level of anxiety that I experience associated with, even with that. But I, some of it's just excitement that can feel like anxiety. So I didn't really know what was going on, but I was, I, I will say that there are plenty of times that I'm not totally at ease, even with like my second tier friends that like I totally trust and enjoy and love. So there was an inkling of that that I recall from pre-COVID. But now on Sunday night when we got together, I gotta tell you, the thing that you saw when you looked around the table and you you could see in people's eyes they were experiencing something that you weren't, um, you felt totally normal and maybe exhilarated to be back together. Even on Sunday night when we all got together, I actually felt, when we left, I felt a little discouragement. You know, there's a lot of self-judgment that I, you know, that tends to come into play with me, but there's, I'm a lot more in, I'm a lot more in my head right now because of this whole re-entry thing you than, were, I, I, than I even realized. I did notice that you were quieter than normal. I felt weird, um, you know, it was just like, because it's a combination of getting reintroduced to something that I feel like should be just like flipping a switch. Well, But, and it, but it wasn't, and it wasn't anybody's fault, and it wasn't, 
nobody did or said anything to make me feel weird. It was just, I, and another part of it might just be sheer unmet expectations. You know, you build something up and you look forward to it, then you, then you let go of it, and then you realize it's coming back, and now there's fear in the equation, but it, but you still have this hope that like, this is gonna be so dynamic. This is gonna be, I mean, I've never been to prison, but I would be interested to talk to somebody who ha- has experienced reentry from prison. It's a, probably a little more intense. More intense, but there's, I, there's a, there's a sliver of parallel at least, you know. I could tell, I could tell that I made note that multiple people both on Friday night and on Sunday night were not acting like themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or what I remember of them in those settings, right? And I did notice that about you. I was like, Link's being like, typically uh, he's he's very talkative. Sometimes we have to pull, pull, pull him back a little bit. Yeah. But that is not. And I really thought I would have been not like, happening. especially with the prep, I'd be like, I don't wanna come on too strong. And, but okay, but what I ended up doing was after dinner, we're all kind of like hanging out and um, I needed to use the restroom. So I went upstairs to use it and I and, and I, I will do this at m- most get togethers at my house. I will go upstairs and then I'll be like, I'm gonna just hang here for a second. But that was, and I did that on Sunday night. You did disappear for a little bit. Uh, but I always do that and always did that. It and wasn't that, longer than I would believe like an involved dump would take. I don't even think it was a dump. I think I just. Oh, I know. I'm just saying you had a, a pee. The amount of time that yeah, you yeah, took yeah. was undercover. Well, you got to you got you got to keep in mind you don't want to like draw attention to how long you're in the bathroom. Right. But people start thinking things. They start assuming things. But that's that's my introversion. That's my. I got okay. I I got time for people and I got energy for people. Then I have to pull it back. But the, but I actually as it was happening, I because I'm also in my own head about this a little bit. I was like. Is this? Am I having like a uh, uh, like a my energy has been impacted by this 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 pandemic, and I've got low capacity for people right now? Then I was like, no, 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 you're just an introvert, and you did this before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of went back downstairs. But in the midst of the conversation, like, all right, we're having a conversation. For to me, I was also thinking and noticing it. I was like, I kind of feel like I'm just back where we left off, but I can tell that more than a few people are not at that place because our conversation feels different. There are more gaps. There what, are more, what, there's more like awkward. Why do we keep talking about dogs so much? Like that's the thing I told Christy, I was like, you know, I was disappointed that like, I kind of thought we would talk about what we were experiencing, kind of what we're talking about now. And I was, I was like, I feel like I would have had a better time if we could have just talked about that but maybe you talked about that some on Friday night without us, and then, and I was like, but we ended up talking about dogs like on four four different times. Like we were over here eating, and then we moved over here, and then we went inside, and it was just like, I was like, we don't have as much to talk about. We keep going back to dogs. I don't know. It was, you but, know, but, that's what I thought. But you also, you've always attached expectations to what conversations will be. Yep. That was that's not a pandemic thing. That's a link thing. 
There's many times, and this is sort of a gripe between my wife and you, this is like one of the sources of conflict between Jesse and you, Yeah, is like, Jesse will start talking about something, you'll be like, ah, uh, can we, uh, <laughs> let's not talk about that right now. Right. She's nor- normally not not dogs. <laughs> Cause like, I could have said, I think legitimately, oh, we, you know, we've talked about dogs three times tonight. I'm curious, how are you guys doing? Cause I feel weird as shit right now. You know, it's like, yeah. but I also didn't have the energy and I didn't wanna do that at that moment. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I do own the, uh, the conversation police thing because it is an outward manifestation of my, my inner critic and the control thing that has to do with expectations associated with connecting with people, uh, whether that's like the dynamics, I think about it too much. Oh, who's included? Who's interesting? Can we, you know, are we, you know, it's too much, too much for people. Um, so on that piece of it. So yeah, it's kind of like parsing what, what's true of my former self? What's new in the mix now? What, and, and this being a process. You know, I even, you know, I, I did a search because I, I know that there's people who are dealing with this more like and to a greater degree, there's people who, who might have already been agoraphobic or have some sort of social anxiety already that wasn't something like me that's like, did I have that? Yeah, is that is, where this, this is, is coming yeah. from? Um, nearly 50% of Americans say they feel anxious about resuming in-person interactions post-pandemic, according to a report from the American Psychological Association, a phenomenon psycholog- psychologists have dubbed Re-entry anxiety. Hey Kiko, put a put an echo on that. Thank you. Re-entry anxiety. I don't, yeah, you know, I've that, heard. That I, trust I've heard a lot of people talking about it. I found, you know, I just want to go through through this, and I don't want to get bogged down in it. But SCL Health. I think this is like a Colorado hospital. Doesn't matter. Very practical advice um, to deal with if you're if you're struggling with re-entry anxiety. Uh, just like a handful of things. First, they say, start small. If you haven't left the house in much over the last year, don't suddenly rip off the Band-Aid and walk into the most crowded marketplace you can find. Start small, plan a hike with a few friends, work your way up from there. Um, Slowly confronting your sources of fear with a little more exposure each time. Exposure therapy is, is, is what it's called by doctors. This next point really resonated with me, start soon. Um, If anything is making you anxious, you should confront the issue as soon as possible. The longer you wait, the more the anxiety foments and works itself up. Um, So not only does social isolation have short-term health implications, it can impact mental health long-term. It doesn't mean you should throw a party um, and you need to be subject to, you know, the guidelines as you said up front, but a little socialization goes a long way. You got to say, I'm I'm engaging in this process of reentry and I'm I you know, I have to take baby steps and I need to start soon or now. Another another thing was um piece of advice was looking at the big picture. Um A good thing to do is to ask yourself, what truly makes me happy? 
and whether that's family, the outdoors, returning back to life, let the big picture be a major motivator to overcome the fears um, in comparison to that, in combating reasons to not start or delay. You know, I I was gearing up for Sunday. I wasn't ready for Friday. I listened to myself, and you know, but if there wasn't a Sunday plan, I'd I might would have felt differently now about my decision to not go on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then two more things: buddy up, find someone you know and trust. Uh, who's in a similar phase or has a similar experience and understands you that you can buddy up with and support each other through the reentry process. Talking about it, I mean, even this conversation is freeing for me because it's like, hey, you've heard what's inside of my head. I've kind of given you this emotional brain dump, so to speak. So it's, I think the next time we're, like if it's next weekend that we're in a, a, a small group setting, you know, there might be an opportunity for you to say something to me or me to say something to somebody else who's open up to me, that type of thing, you know? I think it really helps. And then, uh, yeah, they they note in the end, for some people it's gonna be a breeze. Like the way you described it could potentially, um, you know, I could experience jealousy or envy or or beat myself up because it's not as easy for me as it is for you. And that's no fault of yours, and uh, it's my responsibility to process that in a way that doesn't, um, you know, drive a wedge between us and somehow then send a message that you can't enjoy your reentry experience. That's not well. It remains that, to that's be not seen. Fair to you. It remains to be seen as well. Uh, oh, but hold on. I, I just wanted to make one. More, but the main point I was trying to make that they were making at the end was, if you come to a roadblock. You can seek out help that's beyond just a friend, you know, uh, professional yeah. help to get you through this. And ain't no shame in that. What were you going to say? I think the thing that I am, uh, I'm not going to be surprised if I experience some some uh, anxiety. I'm interested to see is a is a big crowd. Like if you're go- like we're going to. A basketball game, and and there's a yeah. there's a herd of people like going through this small door, and then they're all crowded together. Like, I can only assume that when that kind of thing starts happening more and more often, so not socially distanced, large gatherings, people packed into places, people at concerts, yeah, people are going to panic. You know, I think the 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 reasons for the anxiety they they may not be rational, but a lot of a, a lot of them. They probably come from different places. Like, I can imagine that sure. one of them is just like I'm seeing a lot of people close to me touching things. I'm watching their mouth move. If this, if this is oh, like gosh, the mouths, just the scene of mouths, touch, people touching things. And so, if that's something that you you struggle with, is just the idea of the the germs and the, the of it all, the humanity of it all. Yeah, then that could be something. Uh, then it just may be, oh, social anxiety. I don't know how to say the words that I used to say when I meet people. But that whole surrounded by people, I'm not saying I anticipate it's gonna be a problem, but it, if to me, I feel like if I'm gonna have uh, an anxiety issue, I doubt that it's gonna be with you know my friends that I see on a pretty regular basis. 
but it might be in a group of strangers. Like that could be where something like, oh, all of a sudden this, this is such a new experience. And again, I mean, I guess there, it depends on where you're at in the world, it depends on where you're at, at in the country. These are, I'm sure there are people listening to this podcast who are in states where they're like, I, it's kind of just been the same for a long time for us guys. Are like, you guys are crazy and California is nuts. We're pro and we're affirming their decisions yeah. <laughs> along the way. And it's yeah. like, well, we're not trying to affirm your decision <laughs> if you didn't, if you didn't lock down or wear a mask or whatever. But uh, yeah. So yeah, when it comes to parties, like with friends, I'm committed to like getting back to that magic spot. But then like, then beyond that, like, okay. Cause to me, it's it's not about catching anything or exposure or the, like, I don't know, I don't worry about that. It is the social thing and like, it's just like getting reacquainted with that. So it's like, the parties with strangers. It's like, oh yeah, it's like, um, I was on the fence about how much I enjoyed that beforehand. So Well, it's like, that's, that's the thing that's kind of odd to me is, uh, we, you know, we've we've done at least an episode of the show about our approach to Hollywood parties, and I'm not talking about the Fauci parties where I drink the children's blood. I'm talking about like industry parties where you dress up and you have cocktails and the music yeah. is too loud. Both, neither of us have ever been a fan of those kinds of parties because of the whole I can't have a conversation with you right now because I can't hear you because of the music and. Uh, is this for clout or like what is, what is the reason I'm walking around this party? Who am I trying to talk to? Am I trying to tell John Mayer that I love him or am I just trying to meet somebody that I might work with? And both, as we've established, you tend to uh, be more comfortable with being like, well, I'm just gonna go up to Lil Dicky and start a conversation. And I'm like, well, I'll let you go up to Lil Dicky and start a conversation and then once you're in, I'll come and join it, right? Uh, as we hilariously told the story one time. But interestingly, it's so funny that the whole story about Lil Dicky involves him telling you that his name is Dave and now the show that he makes is just called Dave. <laughs> just, yeah. The way that it plays, every time I see that show advertised, I just think about that story. But I can't bring myself to watch it for that reason. I, my prediction is that everyone's gonna have some latent sort of anxiety in this, uh, and again, I, I'm not, I'm not minimizing, there's people who are really struggling and this is a serious thing and they are going to need to get professional help. I understand that that's not my scenario, that's not my situation and I have empathy for the people who are going through it. But I think that everybody is going to have, a, there's gonna be awkwardness when you go back to that party with the music and the talking to each other, which was already difficult for everyone involved even though we tend to not talk about how difficult it is. Throw in the fact that like, I haven't been in an environment this loud, let alone with this many people. When that, ha I th my hope is that out of a of an in an effort to kind of help us all ease back in, that the DJ will be like, Man, I'm going to go a little easy on these people. I'm telling you, you know what I'm saying? I because I just think that there's so much opportunity for parties to be transformed. I mean, we did a whole chapter of this in the Book of Mythicality about how we didn't like loud parties. I just feel like there's an opportunity here to not just go back to the bullshit party where you can't hear anybody. Yeah, I got more thoughts on this that relate to something else that we've been talking about and laying groundwork for. But you're not gonna bring it up now. You're no, gonna bring it I'm up just, later. I'm just telling you so that we won't forget to talk about it oh. later. Um, another, th you know, I talked about the prison and prisoner being released analogy, but it's, 
I also think about like an astronaut who's been in the International Space Station for like a year and then they come back to Earth and they're like, even though they've worked out and everything and they've stayed healthy and they've been focused on what it is they've got to do, then they come back to this world and all oh, the gr- the gravity takes its toll, you know, and it it takes a while to like even figure out how to physically walk properly. I think doesn't that happen? I'm sure. Yeah, depends on how long you've been up there, and and, and relate to people. You know, so I'd be interested to see what 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 they're saying about that. I take a I take a there is an astronaut master class, but I don't think it's related to this. An master class? Yeah. So I, I I'm interested in one of those. Let's let's bring on a an astronaut to talk about how to re-enter the world socially. Not sure the, oh, okay, if he, if he makes the connection to that, yeah, okay. Or she, women can be astronauts. That's true, too. if they make the connection to that. There we go. <laughs> so, it, it, this is just kind of putting a capper, at least this is how I hope, I, I hope we're rounding a corner that like, you know, we, there's not gonna be any, we don't have to return to any type of lockdown. Like I don't even wanna talk about that. I'm hoping this is a, you know, this is a bookend on an experience that if you if you go back and listen to our conversations as we were entering into it, we were thinking of things like, okay, we're living history. There's an oppor- There are opportunities associated with this. Um, let's embrace this moment for what it is, let's be, as responsible and healthy as possible, but let's also embrace the experience of it. So when we're done with it, we have lessons from it and we can move forward. I'm not ready to say that yet because I'm re- we're realizing that we're still having, the re-entry is an experience in and of itself that I want to, con- I want to have that mentality of I'm embracing this moment by moment um, as part of history and giving myself grace to 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 be on that process of reentry that it it's okay that it's not flipping a switch for every single person and that we're not on the same um pace but we are on pretty much the same trajectory of moving past this and the ones that we love you know, some of them need an extra hand or a little more understanding, more patience to get there. Uh, well, I think the fact that a lot of us, uh, a lot more people can relate, people like you as an example, that uh, wouldn't have said that you had any sort of social anxiety who are like, I'm, is this what I'm experiencing now? I think a large number of people experiencing that is a great opportunity for more people to relate to those who had social anxiety disorders before the pandemic started. Yeah, and to astronauts. And to astronauts. So we can, you know, never hurts to have a little more empathy uh, in the world and to, and to have those conversations about other people's perspectives. Yeah. It's my rec. I'm gonna give it to you. I recommend this week that you go through your old shoes. Hmm. Put on a pair of shoes you haven't worn since the beginning of the pandemic. You know you got those shoes that are in the, you shoved them to the back of somewhere and you're like, I'll bring these out for something. I'm not necessarily talking about dress shoes. Well, it doesn't matter. Whatever, to walk a mile 
in someone else's shoes, that someone else being your former self. I think it's a, uh, I don't know, it's just like a, a, a practical, physical act of embodiment of reconnecting with your former self. And then after walking in those shoes all day, you realize why you haven't worn them in a year and it has nothing to do with the pandemic, then either give them to Goodwill or if they're really horrible, just throw them away and let it go. Hmm. And consider it an act of embodiment, an exercise in remembering your former self, but also deciding that you're not obligated to still be that person moving forward. Maybe there's things you wanna change. You looking at my shoes I was today? I you like wearing like a different, I haven't seen you wear a different pair of shoes. I don't take the advice I give. Oh, okay. That, Walk I think a that, mile in someone else's shoes. I think it's good advice. I think there's a third option that somebody just uh, told me about because I, I have a tendency what? to go through all my old clothes and shoes Yeah, and then donate all of them, which I think that that is priority number one is to donate, but somebody said, you know, you should save some stuff that's more notable and indicative of the time period because your kids will want to wear it at some point or want to be like, this is my dad's old shirt from 20 years ago. These are my dad's shoes from 20 years ago. And I think that there's, that again, I give away most of it, but keep a few pieces as uh, memorabilia for your children. Somebody just gave me that advice, and I don't even remember who it was, but I was like, that's a good idea because I don't have, I've, like, I think about the stuff that I wore in college and I see it in these pictures, but like, it'd be cool if I could be like, Locke, here's the shirt I wore in college. You gonna wear it in college? <laughs> or just, do you do you want it just as a, as a piece of history? So keep them <laughs> for that reason. No, give away most of them, keep some of them. The experience is is the more important part. Right. It's, not, it's not really about what you do with them afterward. I just it just okay? hit me, you know. All right, hashtag ear biscuits. Let us know what you think. What what's your experience on reentry? And I am I am genuinely interested if uh, if there's anybody who what I had to say about vaccines made you think something new and different. I I, I would I I continue to be interested in being able to. Uh, be a force for good, and uh, I wanna know if I just pissed a bunch of people off, didn't change anybody's mind, or if you're like, oh, actually, I'm gonna do this now. I, I Just for my own personal data points, let me know. Or just tell me why I'm, why I'm wrong. I'm also very open to that. Hashtag Ear Biscuits.